0: Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord. You know, as we celebrate today the, the gift of water and we celebrate... Pentecost I think this video asks an important and relevant question for us and the question is are you thirsty specifically are you thirsty for God and and what does that thirst look like in your life we know when we are physically thirsty and we know what to do about it But what does it mean to thirst for God? Jesus essentially asked that question in the text we're going to look at this morning. If you would please turn in your Bibles with me to John 7, verses 37 to 39. John 7, verses, uh, John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. And if you will please stand with me as I read. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. After, up to that time, The spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Gracious God, as we come before you this morning on this wonderful Pentecost day and on this wonderful day of celebrating the gift of water, Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would meet each and every one of us in in the way that only you can. That you will speak to us about our own thirsty souls. That we will hear you and receive you And God, will be faithful to listen. We ask you to bless this time, remove the messenger, and speak to us, God. We ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. You know, for most of my life, I really did not like the taste of plain water. Is there anybody here who doesn't like the taste of water? There's a few... In fact, as a kid growing up in the 60s and 70s, uh, my beverage of choice was Kool-Aid. Anybody remember Kool-Aid? I don't even know if they still make Kool-Aid, but Kool-Aid was cool. I can remember going shopping with my mom, and I would have the joyful task of finding the Kool-Aid aisle, where they had all the packages. Remember when they were in the little individual packages, and you could mix and match, and they had cool flavors. That, that was the drink of choice. And then as I got older and the country became a little more health conscious, I drank juices and, and healthier drinks in between my cravings for Dr. Pepper 7-Up and Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. And then I got older and vitamin waters became my flavor of choice and, and, the, and the water, at, um, those things that you could put in water, flavored water to give them flavor. Um, I'm sure, thank you, crystals. And I'm sure that I drank plain water. I'm sure that I did. But I I don't have any fond memories of water. But I can remember exactly the year and the date that that all changed. It was October and the year was 2010. 2010. And what was significant about that time is that I was traveling in Israel at that time, my first time going to Israel. And we were traveling from Jerusalem down to Egypt. So we were going the reverse route of the children of Israel when they went from Egypt to the Promised Land. So if you know the biblical story, you would know that we were traveling through the wilderness, we were traveling through the Sinai desert, we were in the desert. And it was hotter than hot in October, hotter than hot. In fact, I believe, let's just say, Satan and his minions would have been very, very, very comfortable while we were traveling there because it was hotter than hot. And I remember feeling that I had never been hotter or thirstier in my entire life. You would sweat, but it didn't last at all. It just sucked right up as soon as you got that heat. We had to exit the bus and we visited a site and we were so conditioned from the air conditioning that when we got out of the bus, it was like you were strangled from the intensity of the heat. Even your tongue was dry. It was hot. Bus driver was wise enough to have bottled water that he carried with us and bottled water was a dollar. And I first kicked my habit because the sodas were $3 so I had to kind of juggle that. So we, the, the, we bought the bottled water and the bottled water was like liquid gold. We, we just couldn't get enough of it. And over those 10 days, I not only developed and recognized my need for water, my thirst for water, but I developed a taste for water that I still have until this day. Taste for water. Over those 10 days, I learned to love water. We all know that we cannot survive without water. At least 60% of our bodies are made up of water. Every cell needs water to function properly. Our organs need to be lubricated. We can go 21 days without food, but we cannot survive more than seven days without water. Without clean water, we get sick. So even if we have water, if it's not clean water, if it's not pure water, our bodies are susceptible to disease. Our bodies cannot thrive. That's what this 6K water was all about, right? Our, our brothers and sisters across the country, they have water, but it's not clean water. It's not pure water. And so we empathized with them and we, we walked in their shoes literally or, or figuratively And we cared for our brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering for lack of clean water. And you don't even have to go around the world. You know, Flint, Michigan is a witness to that. And and there's, and there's contaminated water issues even closer to home. We know the importance of clean, pure water. So, not only will we die if we go too long without water, and and we can get sick if the water is not pure and clean, but, but we even have trouble if our internal water tables get too low. We can become dehydrated. Even a slight mild dehydration, before we even realize we're thirsty, we can have a slight dehydration that leads to headaches and dizziness and dry skin and fatigue and other symptoms that we don't even realize is because we're thirsty. Truth is, our bodies were made to be watered. And I'm not talking about just a little water. We were made to be hydrated well, consistently, continually, for our bodies to function the way that God intends them to. I think that's why Jesus' metaphor of, of living water in our text today is such a powerful one. Everyone through the centuries understands the value of water. First century hearers knew how precious water was. Communities would, would, would formulate around wells because water is that essential. It's why the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well who met Jesus said, show me this living water so I don't have to keep coming to this well every day. We need water. Water is not just a want, it's not just a preference, it's not just a, it would be nice to have. Water is a true need for our very survival. But in our text, like the woman at the well discovered Jesus was not talking about physical water that day and the first century hearers who heard Jesus understood that Jesus was talking about something different Jesus was offering something different Jesus said if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink I think this invitation is even more significant than we typically realize because we're not that familiar with the Jewish festivals earlier in this chapter we learned that Jesus was in Jerusalem celebrating the feast of tabernacles now the feast of tabernacles happened in the fall of every year it falls between September and October depending on the Jewish calendar from year to year And the Feast of Tabernacles was a seven-day festival that was celebrating the end of harvest season. Most likely, they, they were celebrating the harvesting of grapes and olives. And the people would make what's called these little tabernacles or little shelters that was to commemorate when they were traveling from Egypt to the Promised Land and had to live in the desert. And so they would make these little tabernacles and and have this, this festival for seven days. And every day the priest would perform a water ceremony where he would go to the pool of Siloam, which is not that far from the temple, and he would draw out water in a golden pitcher and lead a procession through Jerusalem, through what's called the water gate to the temple. And the people would follow along, shaking branches and singing psalms specifically Psalms 113 to 118, which, which is praises to God and recounts their story. When the priest reached the temple, he would climb the steps to the altar and he would pour out the water and the, and the people would continue singing psalms. The Feast of Tabernacles was a big deal. It was a joyous and serious occasion full of songs and, and celebration. And a big part of it was this daily water ceremony for the jews this water ceremony had a number of meanings first the water ceremony was their their plea to god to bless them with rain in this in these autumn uh, months which were frequently dry and, and could be a season of drought so they're so they're they're praying for rain Second, the water ceremony reminded them of God's provision and care for them when they were in the desert and he made water flow out of the rock for them to quench their thirst. And thirdly, the water ceremony pointed to future prophecies found in Ezekiel and Zechariah, which depict this life-giving water flowing from God's temple when Jerusalem would be restored in its glory on the last day of the feast, on the seventh day, they would do this whole water ceremony seven times. Seven times the priest would go and and fill the golden pitcher. Seven times they would process to the altar, uh, to the temple. And seven times he would pour the water down the altar. So it's interesting that Jesus spoke on this day. The text says on the last day, some Bibles say on the climactic day or the most important day is when Jesus speaks these words. And John writes that Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Can you kind of picture it? In the middle of the high point of the festival, the climax of the week, there's a whole lot going on here. And I suspect that Jesus had to raise his voice because of all that was happening. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink." Those in earshot, I can imagine, stop them cold. It was jarring. From their religious traditions and routines, they recognized that Jesus is offering something different something unexpected something new jesus was extending an invitation for them to come to him and experience him as a drink of pure water something different from their festivals and their traditions jesus was offering a personal relationship not a religious ritual Do you thirst, Jesus asked? And in that invitation, Jesus addresses everything their religious ceremony was about. They were praying for rain for a thirsty land. And Jesus says, I am the water that blesses like rain. Come to me. They were remembering God's provision of water from a rock in the desert. And Jesus is saying, I am the water that quenches your thirst. Come to me to me they're looking forward to a future when Jerusalem will be restored you know they were waiting for the Messiah who would restore the kingdom of Israel and they're waiting for that time when as prophesied streams of living water would flow from the temple and Jesus says believe in me come to me and you will experience my streams of living water flowing out of you your temple God the day the setting the timing was perfect and Jesus sees the moment and I believe all those who had ears to hear who understood were captivated by his words are you thirsty are you looking for water come to me and drink Jesus says I believe Jesus is offering the exact same invitation to us today while we don't celebrate the feast of tabernacles or engage in in historic water ceremonies we do know a little something about thirst. our physical bodies need physical water but our but we are spiritual beings and our spiritual souls need spiritual water Are you thirsty this morning? Just like our bodies were made to be hydrated with water, our souls were made to be hydrated with the living water of Jesus. Our souls thirst for spiritual nourishment and spiritual sustenance. Without the spiritual water of Jesus, our souls cannot survive. We are spiritually lifeless, When we are not connected to God through Jesus Christ. Without the pure water of Jesus hydrating our souls, we too can get sick spiritually. We can lose our way spiritually, we can get lost, we can get confused, we can find ourselves far from God even when we know God. We can get spiritually sick. And without an ongoing fulfilling of Jesus's water, renewing our minds and our hearts with God's presence, our souls can become dehydrated. We can become spiritually sluggish, spiritually lazy, spiritually fatigued, bored, even burned out when our souls are dehydrated. Are you thirsty this morning? Did you know that sometimes when we think we are hungry, we are really thirsty, medical professionals tell us. We can attempt to fill our longing for thirst with all kinds of things that don't really satisfy. Have you ever been thirsty and had a sugary drink, for example? It's liquid. It has water in it. It should work. But it doesn't quench our thirst for long. It doesn't truly satisfy and that can happen to us spiritually too the video we saw made it plain that we can seek to satisfy this deep longing in in our souls this thirst with all kinds of substitutes we may seek to quench our thirst with people possessions prestige power Even religious activity can become like a sugary drink. And by that I mean we can get so busy doing things for God that we fail to connect with God. And our souls get thirsty. Are you thirsty this morning? If you are, Jesus says, come to me and drink. Come to me and drink. Because Jesus, only Jesus, can satisfy that deepest longing in our soul. Only Jesus offers the spiritual water our souls crave and need. So in my remaining time this morning, I want to share with you five brief reflections on what it means to drink the living water that jesus offers and i'll be using an acronym of drink five brief reflections what does it mean to drink the living water of jesus and we'll use the acronym of drink first there is the d and the d is to decide first you have to decide if you are even thirsty all through this message today so far I've been asking are you thirsty and by that I mean do you have a deep longing for something more does something deep down when you're really really honest with yourself not quite feel satisfied not quite feel right does something feel like it's missing deep down are you thirsting for something more something deeper If you're not, then the rest of this message probably doesn't apply to you. And for that, I'm sorry. But brothers and sisters, I submit to you that you may be thirsty and not even realize it. Physically, it's said that by the time we realize we're thirsty, we have already started a mild dehydration. Thirst itself is the trigger to do something, to drink, but you can be thirsty and not know you're thirsty so the d in drink is to do a self check to be honest with yourself and decide am i thirsty i had no real interest in water till i went to israel and then i decided i'm thirsty it was a wake up and once I decided that I was thirsty, the next thing is in the R is to recognize, what are you thirsty for? You may decide that you are thirsty for something deep in your soul, but you may not exactly know what's missing. I think that, that this can be challenging for us because we aren't always that good at self-reflection. We're not always that good at sitting down and getting in touch with what are we really thinking? What are we really feeling? What are we really desiring? It can be, it can be hard to sit, think about this and name, what am I thirsty for? I want to suggest that we tend to be reactive and, and we tend to just try to satisfy our deeper thirst in the way the culture tells us that we should. But we don't always stop to think and, and, and recognize a name. What am I thirsty for? And as you ponder that question, I encourage you to go deeper than the first thing that may come to your mind, because the first thing that comes to your mind is probably not the deepest thirst. For example, if the first thing that comes to your mind when you say, something's not right, what am I missing? What am am I thirsty for? You may say, I'm thirsty for a better marriage, or I'm thirsty for a significant other, or I'm thirsty to have more respect on my workplace. Okay. Let's go a little deeper than that. Your thirst may really be more of a thirst about companionship or a thirst for unconditional love or a thirst for a sense of value and self-esteem. All of which, by the way, brothers and sisters, is found in Jesus. Jesus said, if you're thirsty, come to me. You can ask him, come to him and you can ask him to help you recognize, what is missing? What am I thirsty for, God? Are you thirsty for peace, security, unconditional love, purpose, joy, a meaningful life, safety, contentment, significance, well-being, freedom from fear? The list goes on and on and on and on but I suggest that all of those thirsts at their deepest level, Jesus wants to fill. Jesus would often turn to those uh, when he was um, walking with, with people and they would come up to him and he would often say, what do you seek? What can I do for you? What do you want? What do you need? Often we start there. When we come to Jesus, we start with our own thirst, our own needs, our own desires. If you want to drink the living water Jesus offers, the R is to recognize what you are thirsty for, bring it to Jesus, and drink, which leads to the next letter. And the I in drink is for imbibe, which simply means to drink. And we can imbibe the living water of Jesus. We can taste and see that God is good by believing in Jesus and his promises. According to one person's count, there are 3,537 promises in the Bible. And this is, this is very important. The, the promises of God reveal the heart of God. They reveal his, his particular eternal purposes for you and for me. They reveal the degree to which God is unchangeably committed to you. And all of God's promises became flesh in Jesus Christ. We can totally depend, believe on Jesus and trust God's promises. As you recognize what you are thirsty for, you can trust Jesus to meet those needs. You can seek his promises around your needs. When I was in high school, I found um, this little book called The Jesus Person Pocket Promise Book. It was a hugely fun title to say, so I'm gonna say it again. The Jesus Person Pocket Promise Book. And it was just a little book that I, that I carried around probably as much, as if not more, than my Bible. And I looked it up on Amazon and it is still in print. It was printed in 1972 and it is still in print. And the little tagline for the Jesus Person Pocket Promise book is that it has 800 promises from the word of God with biblical answers to most every spiritual and personal problem encountered today. So it's by categories and then under the categories, it just has Bible verses, promises from God that relate to those categories. And I can remember in high school, there was this guy that I liked very, 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 very much. And I discovered that he had no interest in me. And I was broken hearted by that. I was in high school. I was broken hearted that he had no interest in me. And I pulled out my Jesus person pocket promise book. And I looked up Hertz. And there was a verse there that I never forgot. I know it to this day. He heals the brokenhearted, binding up their wounds. And that verse sustained me. It was like cold water. My heart was still breaking. I was still sad. But I wasn't alone. I knew that I would heal. And I was able to go to God and experience his promise. There are promises for all of the things that we may face it may not be an exact match it may be that we are wanting something like a house and there's not necessarily a promise that says God's going to give you a house but it does say God will care for you there is a promise that God will make sure your needs are provided for we may be struggling um with a relationship and there doesn't, isn't any promise in the Bible that's going to guarantee that you may get married or that, you're, or that your marriage will even be happy. But there is a promise that says God will never fail you or forsake you, that you are not alone, that you are part of a community, that there are brothers and sisters who can love you and care for you. And so again, you go deeper and you drink in the promises of God. God's promises are like drinking a cool, refreshing glass of pure water, nourishing us, encouraging us, restoring us, and sustaining us. So if you are thirsty, drink deeply. Imbibe the living water Jesus offers by believing in him and drinking in the promises found in God's word. The next letter, the N, I fudged a bit. And the N in drink is intentional. Intentional, just go with it, just go with it. Intentional. Someone in the first service said, why didn't you just say nurture? And I'm like, I didn't think of that. So I like intentional. We'll go with intentional. And the N is to intentionally develop a relationship with Jesus to experience his living water by love his presence of the spirit day by day and moment by moment. Jesus is offering so much more than just answering our prayer requests and needs. Jesus wants to transform us into the very best versions of ourselves for his glory and for his kingdom. And that happens as we are intentionally in relationship with him. Wherever you are on your journey Jesus wants you to take you deeper still. He wants you to drink deeper still. There is so much more to drink, so much more that Jesus wants to share with you. We know that every earthly relationship needs to be cultivated and nourished, that it needs quality time and quantity time. We need to learn about each other. We need to grow together. We need to spend time together. And our relationship with Jesus is exactly the same way. When Jesus says, if you are thirsty, come to me, he literally means come to me, get to know me, spend time with me, share your life with me, grow in your relationship with me. And that takes some intentionality on our part. So one of our 2020 goals that you will hear more about then we'll focus on in the fall is for every member at South Bay to have an intentional spiritual growth plan. Quality relationships don't just happen. They need to be intentional. Bible reading, prayer, spiritual practice that will draw us closer to God, a small group of brothers and sisters to help us grow, worship in community, service together. All of these are ways that we can intentionally drink the living water Jesus offers and commune with him in a love relationship. Jesus said, if you are thirsty, come and drink, drink, drink deeply in an intentional love relationship relationship with him and lastly the k in drink is less about something that we do and more about a byproduct a reality that will come what happens when we drink in this living water of jesus the k is for no your flow say that with me no your flow I kind of like that rhyme. So one more time, know your flow. And that flow is that streams of living water. Jesus' invitation for us to come and drink is not just about us and is not just for us. In our text, he promises living water will flow from the inside out. The original Greek here says it will flow from our bellies. The text says, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And it goes on to say that Jesus was talking about the spirit who had not yet come because Jesus had not been glorified, meaning he had not yet been crucified, resurrected or ascended back to the father. But this is the good news that we have. Jesus did die and rise again and was glorified. And the Spirit did come 50 days after his resurrection, which is today. We are among those future believers that Jesus was referring to. He was talking about us. The Spirit came on Pentecost and now resides within each believer, each person who believes in him. The spirit resides in us. Those streams of living water Jesus was talking about flows in us and through us. When we drink deeply of the water Jesus offers, those streams of living water bless this world. Jesus' invitation remains true to this day. Our souls are quenched and satisfied when we come to Jesus and drink, when we decide that we are thirsty, when we recognize what we are thirsty for, when we imbibe on God's promises and believe in Jesus, when we intentionally nurture our relationship with Jesus, and when we drink, drink, drink deeply and do these things, we will know, we will flow streams of living water by the Holy Spirit living in us. And through us, the world will be refreshed and blessed. Brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but I personally want to drink more. I want to drink deeply. Do you? Just as I was working on this sermon i began to recognize how thirsty i am imagine jesus pure living water hydrating your soul and filling you to overflowing imagine your deepest thirst being quenched so you no longer even crave those sugary drinks that don't satisfy Imagine Jesus' living water filling you in such a way that water gushes everywhere you go, rejuvenating and refreshing every person you touch through the streams of his living water. It will take us an eternity to drink it all in. But that is the living water Jesus is offering us today. Jesus said, Let all who thirst... Come to me and drink. So let me ask you again. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? If you are, I want to pray for us. And I want to do that by just inviting you just to hold your hands out like this. Close your eyes. Don't worry about who's around. But if you are thirsty, allow God's spirit to fill your soul. And pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, It was a joy for us to serve our brothers and sisters in the Congo and, and provide physical water. But God, on this Pentecost Sunday, it is not lost on us how much you want to fill us with your living water. And God, we may not even be aware of our thirst. And It is my desire right now, God, that even right now in the sound of my voice, that you are speaking to us, that you are stirring a thirst in our souls for you. God, I ask that you would help us to decide and recognize and, and drink deeply the water that you offer. Fill us, God, to overflowing so that we are quenched and we are able to serve and bless others with the water that you provide through us. And God, there may be some people right now who don't know you, who don't know the living water that you offer. God, I ask that you would so gently just continue to call them to yourself, that they would find someone and say, I want to get that living water, that you would make a divine connection, Lord, even today, that they can drink deeply. And for those of us, God, who know you, just continue to stir the thirst in our souls. Continue to fill us so we will drink deeper and deeper and deeper. And we give you all the glory, all the honor, and the praise just for who you are. We lift all of these things up in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Now, before you get rid of your water, I want you to just let the water flow all over you and receive the power of the Holy Spirit in your life.